Amen. This morning, if you'd turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 19, if you were here last week, uh, it's good to see you again. Um, we looked at the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler, and the rich young ruler um, coming off of Jesus talking about children coming to him. He, want, he wanted them to come to him, and what a picture that Jesus calls out to us and says, come to me. I love it that, that he, the Savior, the one uh, who is eternal, the one who is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, draws us and he says, come to me. Uh, even the little ones, he, he wants them to come to him. And then the rich young ruler comes to him, but he comes with his questions. And his questions are all about what can he add to his life? What can he add to his life? He's got position. He's got money. He, he's got his youthfulness, the, the, the part of his life that uh, he's aggressive and ambitious. And, and he says to Jesus, well, what's the thing that I'm missing? And, and Jesus says to him, uh, he, he talks to him and he, he answers. and He calls him to the Old Testament, to the commandments. And he goes, well, great, I, I, I've... I've done all those things i've done it all since i was young and uh he says well what he keeps asking and persistently saying what is it that i'm missing and jesus says uh go sell all you have give it to the poor and then he says come and follow me a very similar call that he wanted those little children to come to him and he wanted the rich young ruler to come to him and it says, it says it's such difficult to hear. It's that he was grieved. He was sorrowful because he had many possessions and he went away. As he did the math, as he weighed out his options, he looked at his possessions and in his mind, his possessions outweighed the benefits of following Jesus. As he walked away, the disciples uh, who had probably been on the edge of their seats watching the scene, hearing this conversation, uh, they, they, they watch Jesus and Jesus comments that it is difficult for a rich man to come into his kingdom. And uh, he makes this illustration that for the disciples was so tough for them to hear. And tough for us to hear as well. He says that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom. To which brings the disciples to their question. The, the rich young ruler had three questions. The disciples had one. Who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? And Jesus responds by saying, with man, impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And to know this, that uh, it's impossible really for any of us to get saved apart from the work of God, apart from the work of God. Which brings us to this morning and the, the last question in this real conversation in chapter 19 of the book of Matthew. And I'd like to start reading this morning in verse 27, if you'd stand in honor of God's word. Matthew chapter 19, verse 27. God's word says this. 
this comes off of what I just shared with you. With man, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, verse 27, then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit uh, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. God, we ask your blessing on your word this morning. We ask that this would be a meaningful time because you have joined with us and you're impressing your word upon our hearts. God, thank you for your spirit who teaches us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Really, of his plan. And he says, at that time, when I am sitting on my throne, when I am in full charge of the way things are, the way they should be, this is how things are going to be in this new world, in this new kingdom, in this new place, in this conclusion to this life. He says, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes. He's going to give us three things here. Three things that, that change and, and their, their responses, their conclusions to the life of the one who follows after Jesus. The first thing is he talks about a new position. And this position is, for the disciples was specific. Obviously, as you even look at this, there's this uh, picture of thrones. He says, I'll be sitting on my throne on my glorious throne, my special throne, if you will. And you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, a lot can be said about this. A lot can be speculated. But know this, that for his disciples, the ones who have followed him, he has a special spot for them on these 12 thrones. And, and not just a special spot in a way that puts them on display, but a special ruling function over his people forever. It's not that as Jesus has come and even as they have interacted uh, with the Jews and God's people of that day and they've argued with the religious leaders and the disciples have they have bared some of that scorn as well, right? That was directed at Jesus. Now they had... Uh, as his followers and he says look when it comes the time in the new world you'll be on thrones you'll be on thrones you'll have position you'll have position and not just position in a figureheads but but power as well this is the picture so the first new world thing is the position the second one uh looking down at verse 29 He says, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my sake. Uh, when you read that, if you're a mom or a dad, 
you have a beloved sibling, if you have children that you have a tough time even dropping them off in the nursery, the picture of you being separated from them, you go, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know if this could be worth it. Jesus looks to his disciples and he looks to them and he says, I I know you've done that. I know some of you have done that. And this morning here, I know some of you have done that. Some of you have been the ones to have gone. And some of you have been the ones that have been left behind. And and I want to tell you, this isn't, there's an interesting distinction here. Uh, As you look at Matthew 19, it's not just people who have been separated from houses, lands, family members. It's not just that. Uh, If I I could talk to you, and this morning, some of you would say, well, my family lives far, far away. They might live uh, uh, just one state away, and they might be a long way because we have a long state. (laughs) We're kind of on the southern half there, you know could be all the way on the other side of Oregon, and that may be a long way, right? Some of, you, some of your family might be further towards the middle of the country or even to the far east coast, or, or some of your family might even be in a different country overseas and, and separated, and you go, yeah, it's tough. It's not just simply that you're separated. Jesus makes this clear that it's the idea of being separated, not because you want to be. Some, some of us, you know, some of our family members, you're like, you know, where can we get away? I didn't mean to bring that up this morning. It just popped into my head. For my namesake, for my namesake. Why were the disciples with him instead of in their houses and their lands pursuing fishing and tax collecting and various other things. Why were they not there? It's because Jesus, they were followers of Jesus. And when you're following Jesus, sometimes you don't get to decide where you're going to sleep at night. Sometimes you don't get to decide where you live. You don't get to decide your occupation, what you do. You're just following Him. It's interesting. We don't have this uh, laying out of the itinerary for the disciples. I don't see a place, you know, he, he sometimes gives them one step or two steps, but Jesus doesn't lay out for them. This is your itinerary for the next 60 days. This is where we're going to go. This is what we're going to do. Uh, some of you, that kind of freaks you out right now, right? If you didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow, you're going, I need to know, I need to know. Some of us don't get far from middle school, right? Middle schoolers, they're not, they're fine asking a hundred times the same question, badgering. But Jesus, uh, as you look at this, you get this, he, he's asking from the rich young ruler, he, he has called to his disciples, he says, just follow me, just follow me. Come to me, follow me, follow me. You will follow me, I won't follow you. You will follow me. And so the disciples had, they, they had done this into differing successes at differing times. But Peter brings us up, we've, we've gone. And Jesus says this, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters, father or mother or children or lands for my namesake will receive a hundredfold, hundredfold, hundred times. 
Have you ever been around uh, when someone's heading off to the mission field? It's a great time to get stuff. It is. It is. You know why? Because they can't take it with them. You know, and they're, they're, they're saying, well, this is what I'm going to take. This is what I'm going to take. They got it all there. And then they pack, and it doesn't all fit. And so there's stuff that gets left out. And you, they're just constantly shoving it away. They're constantly shoving it away. Why? Because they can't take it with them. It, it's the idea that they have to push away. They, they have to let go of what's in this hand so they can go and follow Jesus on this side. Do, do you get the picture? You can't, uh, the, the rich young ruler was trying to collect. He was a collector. He was getting all his stuff and he wanted to add to all his stuff, Jesus. And uh, the disciples had not. They had just gone. They maybe hadn't figured out all the cost of it and what it was going to, but Peter, it, it brought to mind, how does this work? You know, what, what, what's it to make of us? And Jesus says, first of all, I want to tell you, you're going to have a position. You're going to have a position because you're mine. Secondly, I want to tell you, all those things that you have sacrificed, both in relationship and, and riches, when you think of houses, lands, houses and lands, you, when you think of that, you think of security, right? This is the place. This is, this is the place where we'll, we'll have security. This is the place I've set up. Uh, many of us who have lived in our house for a long period of time, we've been setting it up for a long time, right? We've been trying to get it just like we like it. By the time you get it just the way you like it, it's going to start falling apart, by the way. Or you're going to have to move. And it's going to uh, kind of be this feeling of like, oh, it took me so long. I don't want to move. I don't want to. This is the way I like it. But as you look at this, Jesus says, all that, all, all your family relationships, all the difficulties of, of getting a new house and the, the things that are so dear to you, the great sacrifices that you've made, if you've made them for my sake, for my sake, guess what? You'll receive a hundred times that, a hundred times that. The new world. There's a new economy. There's a new uh, economics to your life. hundred times better than what you've given up. hundred times. And then almost as an afterthought, the best thing of all. Jesus says this. Uh, it's almost, I'm not saying that it's like an infomercial. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. And, and, and it's the best for last. And it's something, I don't want you to forget what comes with me. What comes with me is this. As you look down right at the end of verse 29. He says, and will inherit eternal life. Will inherit eternal life. Life eternal comes from following Jesus. Look, Listen to that. Peter had his confused question. He realized, you know, maybe there was a sense of jealousy looking at the rich young ruler. Sometimes we look at those who have riches and we go, aha, I want to be like them. Boy, it's attractive. These children, you know, not so much, you know, and they 
complicated and messy and all those other things. And you go, oh, push those kids away. And no, bring them to me. Uh, rich young ruler, you can come too, but leave your junk behind. And, and Peter's going, well, what about us? What about us? Jesus says to him, I, I, I got you. I got you. Position. Position. E- even possession. The, the things you sacrificed, 100 times that. 100 times that in this, in this new kingdom, this, this new world. 100 times that. And if that's not enough, and it is, eternal life. Eternal life is found in Jesus. You look at that and you go, Peter goes, oh, so I'm not poor because I followed after Jesus. In fact, I'm rich. In fact, I'm rich. It's been worth it. It's been worth it. I got to uh, go to Russia when I was in college. And it was, I think, in 92, 92 I got to go. Um, and it was a complicated time in Russia where I traveled, and uh, it, was, it was confusing while I was over there because I didn't really understand how the country worked. And uh, so we had we had our uh, American dollars, and we went over there. And immediately when we got there, the people we talked to they said, "Well, a lot of places you're going to go. Well, first of all, in the cities you can use American dollars because they like that better than rubles." And I'm like. I thought we were at Cold War with you guys, you know. No, we, well, but they said, when you get out farther, you're going to need uh, Russian currency, rubles. And, uh, and the exchange rate, the official exchange rate is one to eight, one to eight. You can do black market stuff, but those people are kind of shady and you could get in trouble. But there's another way to do this. And they said, oh, what, what's that? There's people in the church that I know that will give you their money, give you their money, and they'll just give you an address. They'll just give you an address. When you get home, when you get home, send this money to this address. And I said, why? What are they doing? That sounds, you know, kind of... He says, oh, they're, they're planning to move to America. They know it's going to take them a year and a half, two years. But they're sending their money ahead. They're sending their money ahead. And I, I thought to myself, and I said, like, a year and a half, two years, how does that work, you know? And they say, well, they're, they're, they're realizing that it's important for them to make sacrifices today that they'll enjoy later, that they're sending it ahead. They're sending it ahead. And I said, oh, that, that's interesting. And I, I mold that over, and I, I get this picture of them living in a home that wasn't their home, living in a country that wasn't really their country. They, in their mind, they had already moved to a different spot, a different place. And, and as I go through this picture, I go, this is what believers need to think like. That, that we do make sacrifices today. We do uh, restrain ourselves. We do make different choices, not because uh, we are trying to sound spiritual or get the, the, this this patch or this idea that we we wear a band that says i'm great but this is not the reason why the reason why is we realize what's on the other side is better i want what's on the other side jesus concludes this section after he shared these three things 
he, he says this thing that it's very common. Most everyone knows this, has heard this before. In verse 30, it says, But many who are first will be last, and the last first. As you look at that, um, there's a, a common interpretation, and then there's a, another one that kind of says the same thing. When, are, when is the first last and the last first in a race? When is that? Some, some have thought and speculated that this means that everyone finishes at the same time. Dead heat. Dead heat. Everyone finishes at the same time. Others have taken a, maybe a more common interpretation that uh, it, it flips. It flips. It's like you thought you were bowling, but you're really playing golf. Okay? Think about that for a moment. Uh, it, it flips. You, you thought you saw the score, and Jesus somehow flips it around where you were last, now you're first. And those who thought they were first are now last. When you think about what Peter was concerned about, I'll just tell you this one thing. His fear, his fear was being a loser. His fear was being a loser in the end. Um, you know what? That's my fear, too. That's probably your fear, too. In the end, in the days ahead, that I would be a loser that I would have made the wrong choice, that I would have invested in the wrong thing, that I would have chosen poorly, that in the end, I would be a loser. And I want to tell you, both those interpretations, I think, uh, depending on which one Jesus was getting at, uh, Jesus was telling him one thing, just one thing. You will not lose with me. You will not lose with me. You think about that, and, and he says, if you follow after me, even if it costs you uh, that close family relationship, even if it costs you your home, even if it costs you all your possessions, even if it costs you everything, your health, you won't be a loser with me. You will not lose I want to tell you that um, this should fill our minds, fill our minds as we consider following after Christ. For Bear Valley Church, we're, we're so afraid of someone taking advantage of us. We're so afraid of giving too much. We're so afraid of a sacrifice that's too much for us. And I want to tell you, that's a dangerous place to be because Jesus isn't checking on your fears before he calls you to follow him. He doesn't say, what will fit in so they can keep their fears and then follow me? In fact, he's saying, I'll take care of you. Come, follow me. A few things as we close this morning that I just want to share with you. The first one is this. Uh, fear losing by winning fear losing by winning you know what I mean by that fear becoming the one who has all the stuff has the life all set up you got ahead fear fear the idea that you have it all but in the end you lost it all and as we come to this passage 
Uh, second thing I want to share with you is this. There's no sacrifice. There's no sacrifice to following after Jesus. No sacrifice to following after Jesus. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? Um, if, I, uh, if I wanted to sell you a house, brand new house here in uh, beautiful Bear Valley Springs, the amenities aren't, you know, fees, you can have to pay those as they come. But beautiful new home, beautiful new home. 3,000 square foot home. I realize that's a lot of carpet, a lot of vacuuming, but figure out something to do with it. 3,000 square foot home, brand new, all, all the most custom. It's a, just a beautiful home. And I said to you, but you will have to pay me. It's a sacrifice. You'll have to pay me $50,000. Who would do that? Some of you are like, I don't know about real estate prices. It's a screaming deal, okay? Okay? You say, but, I, but that's $50,000. It'll be gone. You're right. It'll be gone. But what you get is far greater. What Jesus was getting at is there is no sacrifices with Jesus. And you, th- there is a sense where you give up, but what you get is far greater. It's a screaming deal. And for us to cling and for us to be like the rich young ruler and to go away sad, go away sad, because we have many possessions. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. This morning, I hope this is encouraging to you that God's got you covered. If you follow Him, no matter whatever, wherever He, he calls you to leave behind, whatever it is, He's got you covered. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of being in your word. Lord, we ask that you would allow these words to sink in deeply to us, into our hearts, that we might never forget the worth of fallen Christ. Uh, And really the worth of him himself. It's worth everything. God, thank you for this morning. Uh, Bless your church in Jesus' name.